A reading from the first book of Kings. Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice there because that was the most renowned high place. Upon his altar, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, ask something of me and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, you have shown great favor to your servant, my father David, because he behaved faithfully towards you with justice and an upright heart. And you have continued this great favor toward him even today, seating a son of his own, his throne. O oh Lord, my God, you have made me your servant, king to succeed my father David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request. So God said to him, because you have asked for this, not for a long life for yourself, nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, but for understanding, so that you may know what is right. I do as you requested. I give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up to now. And after you, there will come no one to equal you. In addition, I give you what you have not asked for, such riches, and glory that among kings there is not your like. The word of the Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, teach me your statues. How shall a young man be faultless in his way? By keeping to your words. With all my heart, I seek you. Let me not stray from your commands. Within my heart, I treasure your promise that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statues. With my lips, I declare all the ordinance of your mouth. In the way of your decrees, I rejoice as much as in all your riches.
Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Marcum. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When Jesus disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with them with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Verbum Domini. first reading today describes an encounter that Solomon had with God through a dream. Solomon had loved God and he had loved his people, desiring their good. And when God appeared to Solomon, he asked the young man what he desired and he said that he would give it to him. And Solomon's response was to ask God for the gift of wisdom to enable him to govern his people well and to provide for their spiritual and for their temporal needs and their welfare. And Solomon's response is one of humility, and it was very pleasing to God. We see his humility clearly in his words when he said, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant, king to succeed my father David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. As we would hear in the book of Proverbs, God shows favor to the humble. Solomon clearly had a humble heart in this moment. So Solomon's prayer and request was pleasing to God because he made it with a humble heart. And he also prayed for understanding, or literally for an, a listening heart. That is, one that's teachable, one that's open to the Lord's guidance in his life. And for that ability to discern right from wrong and justice from injustice. As he would govern the people entrusted to his care by God. So it pleased God that Solomon had not asked for a long life nor for riches, nor for the destruction of his enemies. Solomon desired and he valued wisdom more than safety and the temporal goods of this life. Solomon seemed to have God's will as the main priority at this stage in his life. And as a result, it pleased God to not only grant Solomon the gift of wisdom, but also to give him great wealth and honor and many blessings beyond what he had asked, because he had his priorities straight. We can think of what our Lord taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given you besides. Right? Even more than what we ask for. When our priorities are straight, when there's order in our lives, everything else falls into its proper order, its proper place. Seek first the kingdom of God. So this doesn't mean that we should not pray for temporal goods material needs that we might have, but it's a reminder of the importance of praying for the spiritual gifts, the higher goods, right, that we might grow in holiness and virtue, for the wisdom that we need to see God's will, to follow it. 
We want to seek first the kingdom of God and to strive for holiness and that deeper union with the Lord. And looking at the example of Solomon's prayer and his response to God today, we likewise ask for an understanding heart and for an increase in the gift of wisdom and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because the wisdom that he had given him, we know wisdom is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit perfect our souls. They incline our souls toward God. And they help us to respond more promptly to those inspirations that God gives us each and every day. So we pray for an increase of those gifts in our souls. And in our gospel today, the Lord tells the apostles, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Our Lord knew that they needed rest. They were exhausted. They needed to be refreshed. And the best way to do that is to withdraw from the busyness of the world and their own labors and to spend time resting in his presence, to spend time with the Lord. There's a time to work. And there's a time to rest and to pray. It's true that sometimes the demands of charity will call us to make sacrifices regarding our rest. Right? And the call can be to heroic virtue. Sometimes we are already tired or exhausted, and the Lord gives us the strength to do those things, to act heroically. And while we should certainly be available to assist others in their needs, we also need to be vigilant and on guard against the temptation to be so caught up in our work and our busyness that we diminish our prayer life that we don't get proper or sufficient rest, that we ignore that need to simply be still in God's presence. That's where our souls find true refreshment, is with the Lord. And the danger is that we can easily get caught up in being busy, and then we can begin to substitute our will for God's will. Right? We begin to think what we're all concerned about, that's what God must want us to do. And then we begin to lead him rather than to follow him. Remember, he said, follow me, don't lead me. So we need to listen to him. And we listen to him when we take that time apart to get away from the busyness of everything else. And we listen. That's what Our Lady said, right? Do whatever he tells you. And so today, the Lord shows us in the gospel that it's important to take some time to rest and to get spiritually refreshed in order that we might more effectively carry out the good work that God has given for each of us to do. And it's very important for our lives to be rooted in a deep interior prayer life. Because as the Lord himself said in John 15, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? As much as we want or think we can do everything apart from God, we can do nothing apart from him. In Psalm 127, we hear, unless the Lord builds the house, in vain do its builders labor. Right? We need him. We need his grace. We need to be rooted in the Lord. And it's God who brings forth fruit out of our labor, so it's good for us to keep our focus on him. And our motivation should be to do all for the love of God, and that's why we need to regularly be refreshed and renewed by spending time with the Lord in prayer. And if we throw ourselves completely into external activity and work, we can risk the danger of developing an attitude that we're absolutely needed, right? And we can think that we are the savior. And if all of a sudden we step aside, the world's gonna collapse and fall apart. That's pride. You know, if we get into that mindset, we're thinking of our own glory. We're not thinking of God's honor and glory. We're called to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, not ourselves. And we can certainly find ourselves with so much good work to do that it seems like it is impossible for us to carry it all out to accomplish it. And that's okay if we have more than we can handle. 
Because oftentimes we, it's actually a gift because we realize, I can't do this. Lord, I can't do this. It's too much for me. I give it to you. Give me the grace and the strength to do what you want me to do. And the devil may tempt us with either pushing off our prayer till later because I have all this good work I have to do or to greatly whittle down our prayer life. Like I'm praying too much. That could be a thought or a temptation. You're praying too much. There's so many good things that you need to be doing or that you could be doing. But we need to trust that by getting sufficient rest and by truly placing God in our interior lives first and foremost, that our strength is actually renewed. It is refreshed. And we can more effectively and more fruitfully carry out the work that God gives us to do. In Psalm 23, we hear, In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Our Lord does desire to refresh our souls, even today. But we need to go to him more often, not just as a last resort, because that seems to be the go-to. When I feel crushed by all the demands or what's going on in my life, then I can go to him. But no, we want to go to him first. We want to go to him often. We pray that we may not see prayer as a burden, right? Which it's tough at times. The catechism speaks of prayer as a battle. It's not always easy to pray. We don't always feel like praying. But we pray that we might experience that conversion of our minds and our hearts. They might be purified and properly ordered. That we might see prayer for what it really is. It really is our refreshment. It really is our strength. We really are renewed in our prayer with the Lord. So we pray that we might see prayer as our rest with the Lord. And Our Lady is a very good example of one whose heart was recollected, and she was often refreshed by the Lord. Remember, we're told in the gospel that she kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. That is, that she often reflected on the words, on the teachings, on the actions of her son, Jesus. And Our Lady did not get carried away with feverish overactivity in her tasks. It's hard to see Our Lady of, like running around. We know that she suffered especially when our Lord was lost in a temple. But she didn't lose her mind. She still was seeking the Lord, and she still had peace. Our Lady, again, is the example of keeping the Lord's words and teaching and deeds in her heart. So we ask for her intercession today that we might do likewise, that we might have a proper order in our lives and keep our priorities straight, thereby being refreshed by the Lord to more effectively accomplish his work and his will in our lives.